Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. This is a Lip Media podcast. Gird your loins, gays. The who's who of comedy are making their way down under. Josh Thomas brings his comedy show Whoopsie Daisy back home this October, beginning on the north coast of New South Wales and the delightful Brunswick Heads, before taking on Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, Cairns, Brisbane and Perth. Douglas, Hannah Gadsby's follow-up to Nanette, arrives in December, touring Melbourne, Hobart, Canberra, Sydney and Brisbane before a hop, skip and a jump over to New Zealand. And an evening with David Sedaris sees the renowned American author visit Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide and Canberra in January. I want to see that one. (laughs) Go to comedy.com.au for full touring details and to book tickets. Hello, Dan from Lit Media here. I'm running podcast workshops for aspiring women and LGBTQIA plus hosts in Melbourne. Pick up skills, tips and tricks you can apply to the creation of your own podcast, from idea through to publishing. You can also discuss your podcast themes and ideas with the group and connect with other aspiring podcasters. Spots in our next workshop on Saturday the 5th of October are filling fast. Head to lip.media to book now. That's lip.media to book now. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respect to elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. You can follow us on Instagram at Gays Revolting Pod, or join our Facebook group at The Gays Are Revolting. And if you'd like to support the podcast and listen to our after shows, head over to patreon.com forward slash Gays Revolting Pod for a heap of extra content. Hello, everybody. Hello, We're Kyle. back again. Unfortunately, minus Tom this week because he is actually at um, his friend Bruce's funeral today. So Very he couldn't make news. it. Yeah. You do have the baby that was stolen by the dingo, me, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> I still don't get it. <laughs> dingo stole my baby. I get that, but why is it you? Didn't it like, I don't know. You're not Think even... of a better one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't you... even here at the time. <laughs> anyway. And you've also got me, Luke, the host that's been secretly recording your conversation. Conversations way before Google Home made it okay to do. <laughs> and we're also joined by Daniel Santangeli to co-host in Tom's absence this week. Boop, boop, boop. We thought it was a bit of pressure to ask him to read himself on the spot with no notice. So yes. we'll save him that. <laughs> but I'm open to other people reading me. Oh, no. <laughs> Not I would say that. That this, and some more exciting news too. We have our first ever road trip oh, revolting tour happening true. with an Adelaide show coming up up in November. Radelaide, as um, some people call it. So <laughs> former <laughs> disgraced hometown. Yes, you're showing <laughs> your face again there. <laughs> how how do you returning. feel about that? I'm, I'm thinking, Will they welcome you back with open arms? Absolutely not. <laughs> and the funny thing is, we're booked at 
the Rhino Room, which is a venue I've been kicked out of. It sounds aggressive. Like about a yeah. hundred times oh as a teenager. God. But luckily I Googled, <laughs> they've changed like locations and management yeah. or whatever. So that was a bit of a like... <sighs> oh, they won't recognize me. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I'm pumped. I'm pumped. My parents yeah. have told me not to disgrace the family name. That's good. So well, that, is... that ship has sailed. <laughs> That's but I, I'm excited to see Adelaide. I've never been there before. So Party. Yeah. Party. Have you announced the special guest yet? I'm dying to know. It's Natalie and Brulia. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast just went neck level. <laughs> Head to our Facebook page to find the event and book your ticket. Because um, if not it's that hard. <laughs> if it's like our last two shows, yeah. they'll sell out, and yeah. people have to. People s- want to see the shit show. <laughs> scalp it on eBay or yeah. something. It's no, a- it'll be fun. Now, Daniel, you're currently the program manager at Midsummer Festival, but uh, you've just resigned. Uh, what are you moving on to? Yeah, resigned is such a such a cruel, such so a mean fun. word. No, yeah. I yeah, I um, I, well, I have resigned, but. Um, <laughs> I've been appointed as the incoming artistic director at Footscray Community Arts Centre, which is this incredible arts centre that's in uh, Footscray in the western region of Uh um, Melbourne. And yeah, I just found out a couple of weeks ago that I was successful for the role. So I am terrified. (laughs) (laughs) But it does mean that I am sadly leaving Midsummer Festival. So Um, I'm still at Midsummer right now. I'm wrapping up the program, which... Will you um, still go to Midsummer Festival? (laughs) Oh my God. You do not know... after you leave. (laughs) No, they can't get rid of people who've been there before no you don't know how horrible it is going to carnival to work oh yeah that would be weird like, I want to do the fun part <laughs> yeah it's kind of creepy to be yeah. honest like you're walking around and just watching everybody uh, have fun so that's interesting I um <laughs> yeah I get to actually go to carnival and enjoy myself Yay. and uh, I get to go to the VIP bar as well which so Ooh, you know, privileges yeah privileges. <laughs> and does anyone ever really leave midsummer no or I'm still there right stay now stay with us all the time yeah they better make me a life member <laughs> oh <laughs> How long were you actually there for? So um, I've been with Midsummer for three years okay. uh, and the program for the festival that mm-hmm. I'm currently putting together will be my fourth festival. Wow. So that's quite a chunk. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long three years. I've done a lot of work over mm-hmm. that time to really sort of turn the organisation around and yeah. take it to a place where people really expect what uh, mm-hmm. a queer arts and cultural festival mm-hmm. should be in yeah. 2018, 19. Um, so Great. I feel I'm leaving feeling very, very proud um, of leaving the work that I've high. done. <laughs> I can't imagine how incredible it must feel or must have felt to be a part of putting together Midsummer for all of us, like mm. people like Kyle and I, to go to and enjoy, especially the growth that it's seen in those last three years or so that you've mentioned. What is it actually like managing a program like Midsummer, and um, what sort of shows are you responsible for curating? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm really proud of the work that we've done at Midsummer Festival. I mean, in the last three years, we've had a, a 40% growth in audiences, which is Ooh. ridiculous. That's like a sort of once in a yeah. organizational That's lifetime kind agenda. of growth. <laughs> yep, yeah. Um, and we've also grown the size of the program overall by 40% as well. So, mm. um, but what it actually looks like in the background, I mean, we're a tiny team. There's about five of us year round. And then during the festival, we kind of get a bit bigger. So I think a lot of people think that Midsummer is this huge organization, <laughs> yeah. but we're, you know, we're tiny. Uh, and it's a lot of emails and oh, a lot yeah. of Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> so it's actually really quite... I mean, Excel. I really enjoy it, but it's just like any other kind of desk job. Yeah. Um, but I think what, I, what I'm most proud of is a project that we ran last festival called Body which was a um, suite of projects that was focused on trans, gender mm-hmm. diverse, and also intersex artists as well. And it was a whole suite of projects that we worked in partnership with Art Centre Melbourne and Arts House. And what was great about that project was that prior to that, there hadn't been much representation from trans and gender diverse yeah. Yeah. artists. There was zero visibility for people who are intersex. What we were able to do was actually to bring those people that were on the, the margins of mainstream queer culture into the heart of what we do. Mm-hmm. And there are so many examples of other smaller projects that we've done where we've brought in queer young people, queer First mm. Nations people, queer people with disability, queer mature aged and seniors. You know, the work that we've done over the last three years is actually to, to actually make Midsummer Festival reflect the diversity of the queer communities the that community are out there. Itself, yeah. Which is very sad for me because, you know, I'm a gay man and so I don't get... <laughs> I feel like I've been making a festival for all the other communities. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as well as being a gay man, you're also an independent theatre director too. That's uh, a classic combo yes, right classic, there. Yes, <laughs> classic. <laughs> um, do you get to do much directing these days? Yeah, so the last show I directed was literally the month before I took up the role at oh. Summer Festival. So um, I, have, yeah, I have a theatre practice that is uh, immersive theatre. Cool. Um, so... 
outreach, usually for small audiences, uh, usually pretty full on work to kind of experience. It's yeah. usually like shoved in a car and driven around. I oh, love wow. that you stuff. Know. He loves that stuff sexually. <laughs> <laughs> that is my thing as well. Yeah, being kidnapped. No, those theatre shows are intense. Oh. I love those ones. But yeah, when it's done right, it's in, it's yeah. incredible. Um, there's a lot of bad immersive theatre out there yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, when you go and see work, you know, that maybe like Punch Drunk Do that did Sleep No More, which is this amazing kind of mm. work where you go into a hotel and you um, follow the performers around and it's basically a retelling of wow. uh, Macbeth. When you go to a work like that, that yeah. is so immersive and it's done so incredibly well, it's, it can be a life-changing experience. Cool. But when it's not done well, it can be uh, incredibly awkward. It can also uh, be a life-changing experience. <laughs> yeah, in a very different way. And I kind of I live for that. Uh, <laughs> like the flops. That. Oh, yeah. Bad theatre junkies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you're kind. But uh, I did see a good one. That you're was... people that like movies like Sharknado. <laughs> no, I don't. But I like my theatre like Sharknado. Uh, yes. Okay, fair. <laughs> no, there was a great one I saw a few years ago about Sodom and Gomorrah. And it started off like a dinner party that you just Gamora went to. from the Avengers. Yes. 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 Okay, cool. Noted. And it was just like a dinner party with the actors around you. And I walked in being like, oh, it's going to be one of those <sighs> shows. Oh, <laughs> like, how do I get out of this room yeah. without them seeing me? Where is the exit? Where is Bum-bum. the exit? But they sold it so well. And then the second half of the show was just a traditional sit down and watch kind of thing. But they did mm-hmm. it so well. And I love that kind of theater. And I think, I mean, what's the, for me, the thing that's, that's the same in my theater practice, that's the same in my practice as a producer is that it's about the audience at the end of the day. And it's about making work that puts them at the very center um, Mm. and listens to them, takes care of them, pushes them a little bit, but ultimately it's, uh, it's for them. And I think that's Mm. a problem often with so much work that's out there is that you kind of go, who is this for? Why are you doing this? (laughs) It's just yourself. And I think that's what we've done at Midsummer Festival as well. So really listen to our audiences. I think that's what Midsummer feels like is it feels like it's pushing us a little bit to be Mm. like hey look at this this is important but this is also a space for you to have a good time and catch up with your friends which is Mm. what we know you want Mm. and and yeah it gets that balance that's a really hard balance to get right i think so yeah we talk a lot about like the trojan horse um effect at midsummer Mm. so so for example somebody who would probably go to carnival like a gay man that might go to carnival probably isn't going to go to one of those events i described before like body (laughs) and go and see you know an intersex artist do a direct three-hour durational performance that's probably not going to happen so what we also do is we you know we have events like the midsummer extravaganza which that was so cool this year tom produced that it was an amazing show and i was so happy i went this year i was actually going to ask how much of your job is getting emails from Tom uh, trying to get He's him trying to get him to now. email me is, is a large part of my job same <laughs> with the podcast <laughs> but I mean for our audiences they go there and they go great mm. Thomas Jaspers or you know Joel Creasy they go expecting one thing but then what we also give them is we also give them Stephen Oliver who's you know one of the mm. uh, Aboriginal comedians yeah. from black comedy and we also give them Mama Alto as well mm. who's a oh, transgender she... musician so we yeah we're giving them things we're giving them artists and experiences that they might not normally see and so that's what we kind of think of as being the, the Trojan horse effect yeah. absolutely fantastic well we're so happy to have you here with us this week you'll be sticking around for the rest of the show so let's get into it it's been a tough month for mm-hmm. the stars of Netflix's Queer Eye reboot yeah did you see me trying to yeah i, I saw the cogs turning in your head and you're trying to get the words, words. Out, probably. um so there's no straight guy anymore it's just queer eye. it's just queer eye i've spoken about not being a fan yeah. of the show previously mm-hmm. on this show but you hate joy so but i hate good things <laughs> so i get it you guys love it <laughs> everyone's entitled to that um but it has been popping up in the news a lot recently yeah with some more controversial things as well as some positive things and um, one of the biggest conversations that started most mm. recently is a interview with the new york times with jonathan van ness yeah um who i think is like objectively Everyone's favorite yeah. out of the <laughs> cast. Oh, anyway, and he revealed some of the darker sides mm. to the LGBT community and things that people probably didn't expect from Jonathan himself. And that was that he had a history of not only sexual abuse mm-hmm. as a child growing up, but also that he was living as a HIV positive man. Yeah. It kind of opened up a bit of a can of worms for me, I think, as someone being outside of the fandom mm. of the show because initially i was like oh is this it, it was tied into 
and also my memoir is mm. coming out in two weeks time hit the link below sort yeah. of thing was yeah. the post i read so i was really conflicted being like this is great in terms of visibility and in terms of some of the real day-to-day struggles affecting our community being yeah. the mental health side of things that we talk about on this show mm-hmm. the long-lasting effects of sexual abuse also he opened up about a few stays in rehab and addiction to methamphetamines which i think is also a really important mm-hmm. topic and conversation we need to be having and also he's a positive role model for living with hiv yeah and not being this grim reaper mm. kind of figure that a lot of yeah. older Australians are used to seeing. But there's this sheen, this sort of commercialism yeah, of it yeah, yeah. that really mm. negs me in a lot of way. I just kind of want to yeah. shut it down. I thought it was really nice to see so much positive support to him for it, like on Facebook and all the social media and just all the articles I've seen haven't had any negative spins. And I think that's really important and nice to see such a nice role model for someone living with HIV because I don't think we've really had that in our society yet. Like, I mean... Not to this level. Not to this level. I mean, like, fucking Charlie Sheen. Better than Charlie Sheen. Like... Everyone is better better than Charlie (laughs) Sheen. And, like, he's on a show that is promoting healthy lifestyle and is, like, a feel-good thing and he's, like, such a breath of fresh air and he's, like, nicest guy ever. So, yeah, it's hard to imagine that he had this kind of past and I never used to really like him at all. I used to actually dislike him because I thought he was really fake. And I thought it was all on like a show and I was like, oh, he's just like way too over the top. Like an affectation. Yeah. Mm. Like I just thought it was like a character that he was doing. I was like, God, you're so annoying. But then as I've like watched more episodes and it's been around for longer, the show in general, I think he is definitely the most likable out of all of them because he is just genuinely himself and he's just really sweet and lovely to everyone. So I'm happy for him that he has come out in this way. And that he's been met with such positive support and feedback. And, and I think, I mean, the sheen of Queer Eye <laughs> is, has, abs- <laughs> has absolutely, like, turns me off the program mm, a bit. And it's yeah. become quite kind of artificial in a way, in terms of every episode just feels exactly the same. Yeah. But the reboot was really around going out of New York and going into some of the red states that mm. voted for Donald Trump. Right. And, uh, and accessing uh, a kind of community that doesn't actually have access to kind of positive queer role models but yeah Jonathan's uh, revelations or kind of coming out as HIV positive is absolutely attached to a kind of commercial outcome yeah but but in the same way of Queer Eye it's also about finding a way to access people who Mm. don't necessarily have the same access to queer icons that I mean we we all kind of operate everyone in this panel kind of operates in in queer circles so Mm. we have access to people that are HIV positive that we know that we trust and have friends with and but there are so many people in America who um, particularly in those red states that yeah. don't have access to that as so well. sheltered. Mm. And so I think that and Jonathan Van Ness kind of revealing this about himself is in so many ways just really about the kind of destigmatization of, of yeah. HIV. I think it'll do a lot of good. Good. And I, I know I'm being unrealistic here and that this isn't the point of mm-hmm. Queer Eye as a show, but reading about his history and those struggles, I was like, that's what I want to see yeah. in a show. It's like, I want to see real gay men mm-hmm. Like the nitty gritty, like getting... The nitty gritty, having conversations that aren't exactly Mm -hmm. pleasant all the time. And I want to see those representations on TV. But when I watched it, I just felt like this isn't for me. Mm. I don't get anything from this. I don't don't learn anything from this. But for a lot of people, it it would be a lot. It felt like for straight people. Yeah. It felt like for heterosexual Mm. people, this is really great. Yeah. I, I think that's why it rubs me the wrong way and mm, it happened like Ellen. <laughs> well it happened the first time Queer yeah. Eye for the straight guy originally came out and a lot of the people who weren't exposed to the LGBT community so mm-hmm. heterosexual people started to expand their worldview, and that was a great thing but it was always through the filter of like mm. you know I, I don't like gay people except those boys yeah. on Queer Eye, because they do this thing and they're pretty funny and they're yeah. entertaining and they've been watered down to mm-hmm. a level that I can mm. accept it. Yeah, palatable, definitely. They're palatable. Yeah. That's why I'm so conflicted about this. Yeah. I think it's absolutely amazing to have someone as visible. He's like a conglomerate. He's got his YouTube series. He's got his yeah, podcast. Yeah, he's, he's literally he's everywhere you look. Literally, like, you could not yeah. ask Gay Jesus. <laughs> someone to be like, more visible turn, than him. Turn to mm. Jesus. I mean, I also, I mean, I... 
there's a lot that's edited out of Queer Eye as well. Yeah. And I mean, in the same New York Times article, Jonathan Ness talks about how um, in that Quincy episode where he goes back home to visit his uh, hi- mm-hmm. high school, that there had been a letter from the local pastor that was printed in the local newspaper that was incredibly homophobic, that was saying we shouldn't be rolling out the red carpet for, oh. the, for these homosexuals, it's an abomination, Jeez. all that stuff. And yet we don't see that in Queer Eye. Yeah. So I think there is definitely is an appetite for people to understand some of that darkness that mm-hmm. does sit around the queer experience. Yeah, and that's what I want to want to see. And I would hate to hear someone say something along the lines of like having HIV, like being mm. HIV positive is okay if you're like Jonathan Van Ness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, if it doesn't push my mm-hmm. boundaries in any way. Uh, and I guess that's why mm. everything about this show rubs yeah. me the <laughs> the wrong way. And But I, I know that's not yeah. the way popular culture mm. works. That's, but I feel like also at the same time, I can't hate him for making money and using things that people would perceive as bad and he's kind of like working them for good and like making money from it. Like yeah. we're giving it away for free every week. Yeah. <laughs> Sign up to our Patreon, please. When I was 12, <laughs> Wait, I paid yeah, to like, guest I, host. I think on? like, okay, like we've suffered as gay men like for our whole lives. So like, yeah, like use what you have and to better yourself and to get you where you need to be. So like I'm supportive of it yeah. in that way. And I think it is ultimately doing more good and he is a great vision of health and promoting healthy lifestyle and he looks healthy and lives a happy life. So uh, The other thing that rubbed me the <laughs> wrong way about this article was it mentioned that he kept saying namaste. Oh, okay. To right. <laughs> okay, he's cancelled. Change <laughs> Backtrack everything. And it just fed into the like, oh, I, I want to <laughs> click out of this. But, but he is very but, extra. I feel like he just says literally anything. That, like, but the journalist did say it seemed as though that when he says namaste, it really means please go away. Oh, uh, he's like namaste. Yeah. When I say I'm like namaste in bed. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think, I mean, there's that campaign um, that's been going on for a few years now, which is the U equals U campaign, yes. which mm. um, as a gay man, it took me a long time to understand what that even meant, mm. you know, in terms of an undetectable viral load oh, yeah. means that you can't, um, that it's untransferable. Is that what mm-hmm. it means? And I think that by Jonathan Ness coming out and saying that he's HIV positive and saying that he has an undetectable viral load, which means that other men that he has sex with can't contract HIV. Yeah actually does something that the kind of complicated U equals U campaign hasn't been able to really Mm. translate to people, to the general public, which is that you can actually be HIV positive, that you can have an undetectable viral load and live live a a, a normal, healthy sex life. And that kind of work is actually, in terms of a PR campaign Mm -hmm. around uh, HIV awareness, incredible. Yeah. Mm. I think having an illustrated example of something is the most useful way of getting a point across. Like, I was the same when that campaign started. I was Googling it, being like, what exactly is this? And then reading the other Mm. articles. But to have a human being say, hey, this is my experience and this is how it works, you get it. One that we know well already. You get it really quickly. And so I'm like, I would hate for someone to listen to this and think I'm like ragging on this mm. whole sort of thing because I'm, yeah. I'm not. Uh, yeah. I totally understand why you wouldn't come out with that information in the pilot episode of the yeah. Queer Eye reboot. Like, I, I understand <laughs> <Yeah>. why <laughs> that's like... got to ease in towards... Yeah. A personal decision that someone's made and I commend someone, mm-hmm. anyone that makes that decision to be visible and, yeah. and to use their voice on a public platform that people have had on this show yeah. discussing the same topic. Like, that's huge and it does wonders for other people that may not be able to use their voice in the same way. Mm-hmm. I just... I. Just don't like anything attached to that show, unfortunately. <laughs> the theme song is pretty good, though. And, you know, learning about how to do a French tuck. Oh, my God. Pretty, French pretty tuck. Great. I don't even I can't. know what that is. <laughs> Every single episode that I've ever seen of the show, Tan, um, he always does a French tuck. So, like, you just tuck in the front of your show and leave the back hanging out. But, like, every single person he comes across, <laughs> he makes them do a French tuck. And that weird little, that weird food guy. Oh, and he's just, like, <laughs> is obsessed over avocados. Always <laughs> well, looks like he just woke up. I, yeah. I don't get it. It's do a you, Luke. Do you ever feel kind of uncomfortable sharing mm. personal stories on this show itself? Constantly. Or do, do, you, <laughs> do you do that thing, you know, like, you like JVN yeah. would have had yeah. to do, which is way up. Mm. Do I share this? Yeah. Do I give a voice to some people or do I keep this to myself? Because I think I definitely have. I'm not, I'm not sure if I have anything that would affect people in that way, like in my own life that I would be holding back. But um, I think definitely as we've done this podcast, I've become more open and become more comfortable in the space at sharing 
stories that affect me throughout my life. But um, yeah, I think definitely at the start, I was very reserved with what mm. I was sharing and kind of very worried about what I was putting out there and like tried to filter a lot of it and curate what people were hearing of me. But now, yeah, I guess it's just more free. Mm. <laughs> I was warned before um, by a work colleague coming onto the show. Um, he was like, you know, you might have to talk about like, the worst sex you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It comes up a lot on the show. <laughs> Tom's like opening story every week. <laughs> Since you haven't been on the show before, I was just going to ask you yeah. to say your so, worst sex story. Okay, go. That's our next topic. <laughs> like, I wasn't that uncomfortable with it mm-hmm. because I think anyone that comes within earshot of me, yeah. I'm generally like, yeah, open this, book. Is, this is wrong with me right now. <laughs> and these are all the bad things that have happened, especially when it came to mental health. Yeah, I've said some things on the show like that I'm not very good at Mm -hmm. and said, I'm not good at dealing with these kind of emotions or I don't handle this very well. And that was kind of a hard thing to do because up until the last Mm. six months or so, I I thought it was literally just the four of us Mm. having a kiki in a room. I know, it it is hard to like get your mind around until we do the live shows and then you're like, shit, people are actually listening to this. Like this is actually going out there. It's not just four of us in a room. But I think every time you get a message from someone saying, hey, you said this thing on... Yes. That episode, and that actually is exactly how I feel. Honestly, it's so nice getting those messages. And thank you to all the people who do send them. And please continue to send them because it actually affects us as well. And it really helps us yeah. know that we're doing some kind of good. And Kyle and I have a joint memoir coming out. Next <laughs> <week>. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, but I think it's important. And it, it reminded me that, yeah, I feel like it doesn't really belong to me anymore. It's, it's, yeah, it's you, like it's out there. Yeah. It's out there. And I mean, in some ways, being vulnerable is the kind of queerest thing that we can do mm. as well. You know, as queers, one of the things that we struggle with is this kind of respectability politics. Yeah. Where we're constantly asked to be outstanding scholars or outstanding mm. in the workplace and, yeah. and not to reveal any of the things that actually do happen in our personal lives because, God forbid, that's going to mm. reinforce uh, a stereotype that we're all going to die alone or, yeah. um, or have horrific relationships or whatever, you know, all those mm. stereotypes that exist. So in some ways, actually being vulnerable and showing some of those parts of our lives that are a bit darker, or as Jonathan mm. says, you know, uh, if you could see all of the parts of me, you know, you might not like me. And I actually think it's a, it is the queerest thing that we can that's do. That's what yeah. I like about people. See, that's yeah. why that rubs me the wrong way. It's like, <laughs> I want to see all of the parts yeah, straight of up. <laughs> a queer experience. It's why his hair's so big. It's full of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> She's full of secrets. Have you met my cousin? But even things like, I, I don't want to like drag up some drama from a few weeks yeah. ago, but I feel like this got swept under the Can rug. You please talk to me in private after <laughs> <laughs> Really quickly in our private chats. But, but like even a few weeks ago, there was a drama with mm. a store renovation that they were doing where someone had tweeted saying, hey, I work at this store Mm. and their production or someone involved with the show basically replaced all the staff on Mm. the day of shooting because they were 99% people of color working in that store. And uh, Mm. they had called in actors Mm. and basically white people to be the extras in the background of the scene shot in a retail Mm. shop. It's it's just those little things like that. It just doesn't ring Mm. true to me and, and... I would much prefer if it was just all the dirt, the mark. The, the <laughs> These broken people are going to help you today. <laughs> it doesn't really have the same. <laughs> yeah, I just came from the clinic. Um, <laughs> oh, my you God. <laughs> you know, that's that's the show I want to watch. It's, it's not, it doesn't sound particularly entertaining, mm. so I, I understand that. What's interesting to me will be to see if that conversation carries over makes it way to like air yeah to season four of queer eye or if it's just something completely separate for the memoir i i i would i mean you you would think their whole message and what they're trying to get across that it would yeah, I'd like to see them queer eye each other. I yeah. think that would be really Oh great. my God, that'd be a good episode. They're like, we're going to fix you so that you can make other meals that don't contain guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ghostwrite your memoir for you. <laughs> Pull out your French tuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think this was kind of like what you mentioned mm. about having to warm up into yeah. revealing more of yourself with JVN? That I think... In terms of the timing of this. Also, do we know how long he has had it? Being HIV he positive? was 25 and he's is that now what he said? 32, okay. I think. Oh, right. Okay. So, it's definitely not 
something that's like happened during filming or anything. Mm. I guess it's pretty interesting because like he would have had like a long line of sexual partners and that no one has actually kind of spilled this information yet into the world or like there's been no rumors or anything like that. Yeah, I think Reddit Nancy Drews can be yeah. some pretty terrible people, but I think in the LGBT community, there's like a line mm. you do not cross and that is announcing someone else's status. I kind of really respect that, especially someone who's doing well yeah. in the mainstream mm-hmm. that we haven't kind of cut our own poppies short mm-hmm. or whatever that saying is. Tall um, poppy syndrome? Oh, yeah. Tall poppy yeah. syndrome or whatever. Because I, I could see in a more competitive mm. or someone using like that TMZ. information. Yeah. Oh, no, he is one of it. Perez Hilton. Oh, pe- yeah. Remember, he was a very nasty... Yeah. piece of work back in the day did you see that video mm. when misha barton like attacked him no. Some, someone's like <laughs> someone's social media and then she was like confronting him because isn't she in the hills now or something and then no she idea. confronted him about like all the damage he like did to her in her like younger years that in, website used know, to be and everything. Brutal. yeah he was he oh, did a lot brutal. of bad so that's kind of cool get um, some kind of comeuppance but i think there's been a level of respect i i could only assume yet that he would have disclosed this information to partners you know over the last yeah, do you, so do you think all the other cast members would have would have known? Like, do you think he would have been that open with them? I have no idea. Yeah. There's stuff I don't tell you. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> most things. <laughs> but I do imagine that the process of getting yeah. onto that show would have been brutal, oh, and true. they would have done so much background work into each and every single person that auditioned mm-hmm. to be on it. And so I imagine the producers yeah. must have known, surely. Definitely. Luckily, the producers weren't from World of Wonder. So they would have been like, talk about your trauma. Episode two. <laughs> <laughs> While applying makeup. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Three of the biggest comedy queens are touring Australia from October this year. Josh Thomas is returning home for his first live show since his humble little TV show, Please Like Me, enjoyed international success. Whoopsie Daisy gets started this October in Brunswick Heads before taking in Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, Cairns, Brisbane and Perth. And fresh from her Emmy win, Hannah Gatsby brings her new show, Douglas, Down Under. Forget Netflix and experience it live and in person. Nanette did all right, I guess. I guess. So be sure to catch this brilliant overnight success, only 10 years in the making. Douglas kicks off in December, touring to Melbourne, Hobart, Canberra, Sydney and Brisbane before visiting Auckland and Wellington. Some sessions are already sold out, so you better get your asses into gear. And an evening with David Sedaris is filled with storytelling, brilliant reflections, unpublished yarns and book signings with everyone's favourite satirist. Unlike Kyle, a master of wit. <laughs> <laughs> you Unlike Kyle, a master of wit. Don't miss your opportunity to spend an evening with one of the world's distinguished queer comedy writers enjoying a night of autobiographical and self-deprecating tales. David Sedaris will visit Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide and Canberra in January. Head over to comedy.com.au for full touring details and to book tickets. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. 
people are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you pretend that this can be sold with just business as usual and some technical solutions? You are failing us. But the young people are starting to understand your betrayal. The eyes of all future generations are upon you. And if you choose to fail us, I say we will never forgive you. We will not let you get away with this. Right here, right now, is where we draw the line. The world is waking up, and change is coming whether you like it or not. Thank you. So if you haven't heard, of <laughs> if you haven't heard of our latest queer icon, Greta Thunberg, uh, she's this really awesome 16-year-old girl. Where's she from? Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. She's Swedish. Swedish? Yeah. Yes. And she's spearheaded this whole climate change strike all around the world. And she's also been nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. And yeah, it would be hard to miss the strike happening in Melbourne on Friday. So the number of people striking in Australia was 330 friggin' thousand. In London, 100,000. New York, 250,000. So that is by far the world's biggest strike on climate change. And one in Chinchilla, one school student in one Chinchilla, Queensland. Well, yeah. that's how it all started with Greta. Well, she, she was striking after school or skipping school. Oh, yeah, her um, Fridays yeah. for Future, every yeah. Friday. So, yeah. hey, there's hope. Like, you can do it. I mean, hurry up because the world's ending. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, are we environmental gays here? <laughs> did you guys, did you guys attend the the strike yourselves? Look, I'm not. Mikey is uh, appointed <laughs> Envi environmental, environmental gay. gay. <laughs> but anyone, I think we've joked. We've mentioned about this it. joke, but no one's gotten it because I think it was off air. I, no, was I think an it was thing. in an advertisement. For anyone listening that <laughs> doesn't understand that reference, yeah, we got to record an ad really early on in the podcast days before we really knew each other mm. and Mikey had just got the line that said as an environmental gay yeah. <laughs> I really like appreciate this product and the four of us lost our shit because we're like <laughs> out of the little that we knew about Mikey yeah. him being an environmental gay was not one of yeah. those things <laughs> so, so now we just refer to him as the environmental yes. gay yes and hopefully he's having a great time in Bali or Korea I don't know where he is at the moment but he's somewhere where on earth is calm in San Diego Mikey being environmental <laughs> but being environmental again, sure I, I'm but, not um, the most environmental person yeah. like I smoke which I'm sure doesn't <laughs> not do great not great <laughs> I read an article that said using reusable bags makes you look gay so I stopped oh. doing that I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> I was like why not about the article though. that's yeah. a real article yeah that, did you did you guys see the speech that she gave that everyone is reposting quite powerful so good do you know what she reminded me of when she was speaking she sounds like Bjork a little bit. Oh, really? I know she's not from the same place, but she sounds a lot like her. To she me. reminds me of the girl in Game of Thrones. You know, the, um, in oh, the north. Uh, who the Mormon, is, who's like, like the, the stroppy little one. No, she's like 12 no. years old. Yeah. And she, you know, she becomes like a, a clan leader. Mm, and yeah, she's totally fierce. <laughs> yeah, stroppy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically the, the, oh, the same person in my mind. Oh, she by the giant? Spoilers, yes. Luke. Oh. They can cut it out. I've only <laughs> yeah, seen she, the last yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. She dies in a really cool way. And I think anyone that has been totally lampooned by Andrew Bolt is... You know, is a, a hero legend. to me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, th I I think there's a connection between mm. like young activism and queer people. Like we yeah. just admire, respect, yeah, and try our best to lift up those people. Because I remember when Greta first mm. started popping up in social media, it was a lot of gay accounts that were sharing, yeah, you know, images of her and speeches and articles about her. Because I think we uh, we know that activism. Mm intrinsically and how difficult it is mm. and how important mm. it is. Gays stand a powerful woman. <laughs> and we stand a powerful woman. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like she is, mm. I know we joke, but she is kind of an ideal queer icon. <laughs> she really is. And like oh, yeah. she, her head's in the right place. She's doing really, she, mm. our next leader. Well, um, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, she's 16 now. And yeah. it will actually be really incredibly interesting to see, see what it'll be like when she, she does leave school properly um, <laughs> and graduate in, and what she actually, what kind of career yeah. she has in front of her. I mean, has she peaked now? <laughs> well, that's a... Because we, we sometimes have this like 
idealistic view of mm. young people doing political things or doing well, yeah. so like young fashionistas or whatever, that when they hit the adult realm yeah. and they just operate at an adult level, mm-hmm. the interest is lost. They I know, it's less exciting. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen here because yeah. she's already raised to a level that we probably never will in our yeah. lives at 16 hmm. and is talking about an issue that it's kind of baffling that it's even up for debate really. Yeah. And it's sad that it's all the children and teens that are the ones that are the most well-informed and the ones striking and the ones coming up with fantastic bloody signs. Have you seen some of the signs that they made for the strikes? Like the so puns good. and stuff that they used. Don't treat Earth like Uranus. <laughs> Clearly written by a straight person. Yes. <laughs> I liked that one. <laughs> Picked that one out to read. Um, oh, yeah. There was someone saying, my ginger kid won't survive a two degree increase in the climate. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's pretty brutal. good. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was also a lot that were referring to ScoMo shitting yeah. himself. And yeah, what the hell? I had no... And then, uh, then suddenly I found myself mm-hmm. going into an internet wormhole where apparently yeah, ScoMo... Momo shat himself in a regional McDonald's. He looks like someone who would. Who hasn't been there? (laughs) 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 I think one of the signs said, I could have been at Area 51 today, but thought this was more important. That's such a weird thing. Like, have you seen the whole Area 51 thing blowing up all over the internet? People like storming Area 51 to go save ET. I have. I mean, I wish those people would maybe like, if they gave more of a shit about climate change. Well, this guy did. This guy did. Good on him. I mean, <laughs> I, I, but I mean, I wish all these other people put their time to good use. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things about this climate strike as well is that, sure, there was, you know, Treasury mm. Gardens was completely filled in Melbourne yeah. of people, but there are still so many people who had no mm. idea that it was happening, who yeah. don't actually really care about climate mm. change or have probably, like many of us, kind of just almost given up hope in a way mm. and kind yeah. of gone, oh, well, no one's doing anything about it. Guess I'll die. I saw that documentary, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago and nothing changed. So, yeah. you know, and I think there is a real impact that can be mm. made by, in terms of consciousness raising yeah. um, that that has been achieved through this protest yeah, and because of absolutely. Greta as well. I think having an icon or like a figurehead yeah. to a movement is super important. Definitely, Young people organized a lot mm. of these strikes and school strikes through TikTok. Mm. Something that as, app, as yeah, like, it's like the, yeah. the weird tools of that they use. Young like people get. things, and it made me realize, oh, I'm officially an old person. Yeah, I'm, looking at all the pictures of the of the, of the protest made me feel very old. I, I don't understand this, and it is like Daniel said, it's an issue that I'm almost resigned to in a lot of ways. That when I heard about the protest, I was like, oh, that's cool for other people to do, mm. but yeah. you know, I've I've been around that yeah. block before, and and. It's it's nice to see a new mm. blood. I'm kind of ashamed to say that I've never actually been to a protest in my life. Oh, you weren't here. We actually talked mm-hmm. about LGBT activism yeah. and being engaged. And mm-hmm. I think I read you. Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not really, I think it's for like, our generation, yeah. protesting isn't really a, a thing that we do. I yeah. mean, it was big in the, you know, obviously the 70s. Now it's made a resurgence. All right. um, but yeah. I think it's totally made a, a resurgence. And a colleague of mine is doing some consultation work mm-hmm. with young people in the outer northern, northern suburbs of yeah. Melbourne. And um, they're all high school students. And it was the topic was, what's important to you? How do you want to, you know, talk mm. about what's important to you? And all these young people were like, oh, well, we'll rally. That's what we'll mm. do. And yeah. it's kind of be- because of yeah. Greta Thunberg, it's kind of become the kind of default um, mm. way of expressing yourself for young people. So yeah. I think we're also seeing a kind of generational shift as well yeah. in terms of how people can gather in public mm-hmm. space and express themselves. And with all this happening, do we actually even think that this is even enough. I mean, it's it's such a large scale thing that's happened, but is it still even enough to TikTok. get people to like change, yeah, TikTok, <laughs> yeah. specifically get people to change for the better? I mean, like they had the UN climate change uh, summit yesterday. So um, I think not a lot changed there. So like, well, the what, more, what more can we do? Like, I mean, everyone can always obviously do more. I definitely can. I know that. Like, I'm getting better. I, like, I guess I, I, I have my keep cup and, like, I don't use single-use plastic bottles anymore. I don't yeah. drive. I mean, it's not like a choice thing, but I've, I'd like to think that that helps in some way. I, I, I believe civil unrest yeah. and things like protesting mm-hmm. and rallies are more effective in terms of creating a dialogue, mm. raising awareness of something yeah. through sheer blunt force. Mm. If you don't care about climate change, you care about why the fuck you can't get home on time. Yeah, yeah on absolutely. Friday afternoon, yeah. and you want to know conversations. Yeah, you want to know what the hell is going mm. on. So you Google, you rally, 
Melbourne Friday yeah. and you go, oh, it's for climate change. Is mm. that a thing still? <laughs> and I, I think these kind of movements have a great effect on that, mm. on expanding the public consciousness to be like, oh, and well, now everyone has to hear about this mm. and think about it in terms of like tracking that to a clear political mm. shift or change. It hasn't really happened yeah. in my yeah. lifetime. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think the best thing that came out of the UN summit yesterday was just this video of Greta Thunberg. <gasps> oh my god, scowling when she at staring at Trump. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, someone I saw that and someone played like the Kill Bill like siren like music in the background. It was great. That's this button. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like fucking assholes like Trump and then like ridiculing her. I mean, all those people like sticking their head in the sand about it. Very infuriating. I mean, one of the interesting things about the summit was that in order to speak at it, you had to demonstrate an action plan for your country. Um, around climate change. Yeah. I mean, I think largely it's been pretty ineffective, but mm -hmm. the UN is kind of lifting its game in terms of what it's expecting countries mm. to do. But, I mean, the goal is pretty simple. Like, yeah. We've got to stop temperatures <laughs> rising 1.5 <laughs> degrees. You know, yeah. That's all we need to do. Mm -hmm. um, but it's um, incredibly frustrating and disheartening in terms of just how little political will there is. Yeah. But I think voting is a really great way to yeah. do that. You know, it's actually quite simple and politicians care about votes at the yeah. end of the day and so if they know that climate change is important to the people who vote them in then it will um, mm. something will be done yeah. about it and interestingly australia wasn't invited mm. to speak at the climate summit Shocker. Um, because uh, <laughs> we have no plan we have yeah. absolutely no plan and if anything we're going backwards in terms oh, of God. climate change yeah i saw david attenborough was even slamming um scomo for the cold Not stuff good like, old attenborough he's gonna have a heart attack <laughs> from the stress he's so old hate our Poor homeland guy. it's yeah it kind of sucks. I, I, it kind of sucks, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. I just, um, but yeah, I think I forgot who said it, but like the greatest threat to this planet is the idea that people just expect someone else to fix it. So it's like you really need to like mm. take charge. And, and then the homosexuals. Yeah, and then and the, the, gays, the gays riding dinosaurs. <laughs> Climate change is yeah. a fault. Um, but, I mean, divestment is also a really important part. Yeah. I think there's something like $11 trillion in money that is being divested out of um, mm. non-renewable energy. And so that, I mean, that's superannuation companies that are yeah. doing that. It's banks that are doing that. It's who we choose to have our super with. Mm. Those kind of small choices around where we're actually investing our money, that also has a really powerful change as well. Yeah. I think what I try to do in my workplace is to talk about how we can have a sustainable workplace mm -hmm. as well. And I think that's another kind of small way that yeah. you can kind of go about impacting that, that kind of small circle around you. Like the other day I took, um, we have like all these rubbish bins in our office that are all plastic bags and every oh. night the cleaners come and empty them, whether there's rubbish in them or not. Oh, so now yeah. I've just hidden all the rubbish bins. Uh, we have one rubbish bin in the office. So, and good. it fills up and at the end of the day it gets emptied. And, you know, just little things like mm. that um, that uh, are changes that you can make that actually do have yeah. over time quite a big effect. But I still sometimes use a, um, don't use a keep cup every now and then. And, you know. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but um, did you see people even like spreading like false news in the way that like, people saying all the protesters left all their like single-use plastic behind and then they posted photos all over social media of just like a trashed field but then the nancy drews of the world found out that that was actually a photo from hyde park like years ago oh. where they didn't even protest i sure. thought you were going to say a photo from like after a pride festival <laughs> <or something>. although you should see the site of alexandra gardens after carnival oh. the, after carnival yeah yeah the mess there was a couch there a last couch. year yep literally um, single-use couch yeah and an inflatable pool oh like it God. just kind of crazy the amount of rubbish so i do think in some ways um, yeah. queers you got to lift your game i think yes. so i think that's an interesting topic mm. you know we are very politically mm -hmm. minded people and some members of our community like mikey are very green <laughs> but also uh, as a community are we yeah. lifting our weight enough and sometimes i don't think so we have mm. a kind of a, a lean towards the aesthetic mm. i remember once debating whether i wanted to keep cup and then going like, no, it's a bit ugly. Like, I don't want to carry that around. But there's such pretty go. ones now. I want to get this nice ceramic And now there's one. pretty ones, so yeah. I have one. But I thought like, oh, this is me yeah. like letting my mm -hmm. stupid social hierarchy needs mm. play into... And when um, we think about like the, the the force that went into from queer communities that went into marriage equality, exactly that yeah. was put into climate change. We can get stuff done, people. We, we totally we can absolutely yeah. get stuff done. Yeah, um, but I think in many ways we've kind of gone. Oh, we've achieved the fight. 
you know, we've done we've done the thing yeah, that was important to fatigue. us. And I mean, there's a um, Naomi Klein wrote that um, really f- famous book on climate change. This changes everything, which mm-hmm. is a very long book, and I didn't realize that when I downloaded it on my Kindle. I've been on five percent for a very long time, but uh, in that book, she talks about like the sort of the way that um, rights are actually intersectional yeah. in many ways, and that, yeah. you know, the the kind of golden rule of climate change is that those have done, that have done mm. the least to cause it. Are the ones that will that will, will have the most um, suffer the most effects, yeah. mm. and that is you know First Nations people. And yeah. We see that with Standing Rock, you know, and we see that across in, in the Pacific as well, and a lot of those countries that are severely poor mm. um, and completely rely on so aid. Unfair. You know, and so um, and we see it with young people as well, and I think that's why people mm. like Greta Thunberg are, um, are rising up as well. Yeah, and, like in her speech, she was like scolding people. She's saying, "We won't forgive you." Yeah, but then the other question is like, what kind of world are we mm. leaving for these young people? that we're investing in as well. And that is another show done. Thank you so much, Daniel, for coming, joining us. And you'll be joining us for our interview with David Henderson. It's our new formula. Um, we just get a guest on and then they interview <laughs> and then they interview the next guest. So he's going to interview another guest after that. And we're just going to keep going. <laughs> it's like the chain letters. You yeah. must interview and four Yeah, people. it's like, have you seen the movie? It follows. <laughs> it yeah. just goes back down the line. It does sound more like human centered. <laughs> and uh, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I'm one of the few people that still use Twitter. So, uh, D underscore Santangeli. Um, so, you can find me on there. Um, but also, I want to plug, it's embargoed, but I'm just going to say it anyway, that um, The Gays Are Revolting will be having a live podcast during Midsummer Festival. Holy shit. Uh, so, and we launch our program on the 20th of November. So, you'll be able to buy tickets from then, which is pretty exciting. Bam, bam, bam. Our next one's in Adelaide, huh? the right city of yes. churches. Oh, yes. yeah, I have heard that. <laughs> city of churches, also from South Australia, which is the murder capital oh, cool. of Australia. So, <laughs> Much um, fun. So only three of you are, will come Are we back. doing our live show in a church? And then we elect one audience member and we murder them. <laughs> if you're a fan of any of those things, yeah. um, you can head to our Facebook page and book yourself a mm-hmm. ticket. Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon. So you can get access to our after shows, mm. like the one we're about to talk about right now. Oh yeah, also the other thing I really love is when you guys post us on your Instagram stories oh if God. you're listening to yeah. us it's a little kick that we yeah, I feel famous <laughs> yeah <laughs> so brighten our days and keep doing that because yeah. we love it it's cool well guess Fine. you'll see see you guys in the after show see you in the afterlife show <laughs> <laughs> alright bye bye bye, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.